Absolutely amazing. Amen. The word of God in Revelation chapter 4, reading from verse 8 to 11, says, The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him, who sits on the throne and worship him, who lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Now you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist. By your will, they exist and were created. My brothers and sisters, with such amazing singing, it gives us a preview of what it is like in heaven. And who wouldn't want to be there? As I was sitting there, I said, Lord, I want to be there. To glorify God day in, day out. Worshipping him giving him glory and honor, him who is worthy. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your amazing love, for your mercies that are new every morning. Father, thank you for the singing that we witnessed and we participated in this morning. May your name be glorified, O God Almighty. And so, Lord, even as we look at your word, we thank you in the name of Jesus that you may activate within us a desire, Lord, to worship you on a daily basis. For such reason, we were created to give you glory and to give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. My brothers and sisters, it's uh, such a joy after such a, I would say, a witness, such a sermon through singing that I can just keep it up with the same theme, we are looking at the reason for Christmas. There are so many misconceptions that are going on in this season. One time I was in Beijing with my family and we went to the mall and we heard the singing, joy to the world. And when you ask the guys, what does it mean? They say, we don't know. <laughs> because the world is caught up in this wave where there is excitement around Christmas but they don't know what is the reason for Christmas. And I want to put it before us, my brothers and sisters, that Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. Jesus is the reason for the season. And for you and me, we need to go out there and proclaim that message. Teach that message. Jesus is the reason for the message, for the season. And so you will notice that John chapter 1, which is our scripture reading, verses 14 to 18 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the one, the only one begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Verse 16, 
And of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared. And for such reason, he came. My brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. And so, when you look at Luke chapter 19, verse 10, and then you hear, For the Son of Man, of man came to seek and save that which was lost. You begin to understand even from the singing, that Jesus came for you. Jesus came for me. But what is the world saying today? Here is the, what the world is saying, and even when you walk around and so forth, of course it's less and less now, after COVID, but you hear, Merry Christmas. Even unbelievers, Merry Christmas. I went to my office yes, the other day, the day before yesterday, and there was a big tree in my office. And the people said, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I said, what does Merry Christmas mean? My brothers and sisters, the world acknowledges Merry Christmas, and yet they deny Jesus, who is the reason for the season. And so this few minutes, we want to understand why is Jesus the reason for the season? You hear, ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. With the big beards, in some cases. But I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, despite all the misconceptions, Christ Jesus is the reason for the season. And we must tell it to our kids. One of the things that saddens me is when kids are told of a flying train of reindeers and some chariot somewhere, which are indeed lies. So we feed our children with lies as they come into the world. And what do we expect when we feed our kids with lies? Instead of this reindeer nonsense like I call it, we should be telling them a child has been born for us. My brothers and sisters, God's son is given to us. And indeed, authority rests upon his shoulders. And his name is Jesus. And in that, my brothers and sisters, is Christmas. And so what we should be doing, go out into the world and speak that Christmas is about Jesus Christ. And so when you look at the word Christmas, there is Christ in there. Which is why I really would like to change the Shona and Devele versions of Christmas. They call it Kisimus. They should call it Christimusi. Christ is embedded in it because Christ is Christu. And so we should never lose sight of that. So what is the message? I would like to underpin three points. Unto us a child is born. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. But I would like to look at number one. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, as we read from scripture. Number two, he came to extend grace to fallen men. And number three, 
the best gift in this season for you and me is Jesus Christ. And I know that there are going to be some people disappointed. How could you just give me this? They're looking at gifts. But the best gift, my brothers and sisters, in this season is Jesus Christ. Let us go to number one. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. John chapter 1 verse 14. What does this mean? The event that John is talking about in John chapter 1 verse 14 has been regarded as the most spectacular event in history. Why? God who is just, God who is righteous, infinite. You can't contain him. He is the creator of all things. And yet he packages him, himself in the form of a human being. My brothers and sisters, I can't conceptualize, in fact, I can't understand the depth of it. How can one who is the creator package himself in the form of the created? How does that happen? What amount of love? Had it been you, had it been me, maybe when mankind is uh, messed up, you would actually say, rub them off and start afresh. That would have been the natural thing. But no. God packaged himself. Made himself vulnerable. Born of a virgin Mary. And became a baby amongst us. And he became one of us. He lived amongst us. As one of us. But take note, being both God and man. Wow. I mean, all the scientific theories that you have in this world can't explain it. And that is why they then shake their heads and say, no, it didn't happen. But this is the most spectacular event in history. God entering humanity to save humanity. My brothers and sisters, the word became flesh means Jesus is fully man and yet fully God. He has fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. The word became flesh. So when you look at John chapter 1 verse 1, which we read in our call to worship, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And I remember at one time, in our house, somebody says, can you explain to me this? How in the beginning was the word? Who is the word? The word was with God, and the word is God. The word was with God. That's when you begin to see the power of the Trinity. The Lord Jesus Christ packaging himself, entering humanity. You know, I remember trying to explain this in Shona to my fellow villagers in the village. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word is God. So when you handle the word of God and you are reading, enjoy the word of God. Experience his presence. And let him minister to you. My brothers and sisters, why did the word become flesh? Well, we are told, John chapter 17, verse 25 to 26, 
to reveal the Father. You can go and read the scriptures on your own. To become our example. You know, he knew we wouldn't know what to do. So Jesus came and became our own example in life. I remember actually visiting Gogo Duve at one stage with Matthew, my son, before he went to university. And as we were in that room, she asked him, do you know Jesus? He said, yes. Was Jesus once your age? He said, yes. So he says, she said, when you go to college, you also see girls just like Jesus saw girls behave like Jesus behaved. He came to be our example. All of us, we were at that stage when Jesus grew from zero to 33 and a half years. And yet was perfect. And yet did not sin. So what do we see? He broke the curse of sin. He showed that it can be done. So why do we have men and women today, boys and girls, who say, no, it can't be done. It's too difficult. He came to give us an example. And he broke the curse of sin. But also to fulfill the requirements of the law. The very law of Moses, which was so difficult for men to fulfill, Christ fulfilled it. And that is why, my brothers and sisters, he went on to shed his blood on the cross. Because that which was perfect was required to shed its blood. And Jesus was the most perfect that anyone could think about. Perfect in every sense. And so it was only him who could go to the cross, shed his blood. To do what? To carry your sins and my sins. I gave an example some time ago. Why was Jesus crucified between two robbers? It basically means he became a robber amongst the robbers without being a robber. Because that place where he was hung and crucified was my place. I was supposed to be there amongst the robbers. But Jesus said, I will go amongst the robbers on your behalf. And so today, when we speak the message of salvation, just remember, he carried our sins and our iniquities. My brothers and sisters, like he says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, today, we have a high priest. We have an advocate in heaven for me and for you. How can you go throughout the day without appealing to the advocate, communicating with the advocate? In a world such as ours, devastated by chaos and all kinds of things, Jesus is our high priest. And no one else could match that order. A perfect one who came to be with us. So what does this mean? My brothers and sisters, number two, he came to extend grace to fallen men. Our destiny, my brothers and sisters, was destruction. For we are told, for the wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. But God in his amazing love could not let the situation be as it is. So what did he do? He knew the design of sin by the enemy was to separate us from God forever. Condemnation was our destiny according to the sin's design. But Jesus came to reverse that. My brothers and sisters, this is the message we should go crying on our knees. 
our relatives, our friends, saying, run away from death. Why? The parable of the dragnet, Matthew chapter 13, verse 49 to 50. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. No one should ever wish anyone to go to that place, my brothers and sisters. Which is why we should always be pointing Romans 3, 6 verse 23. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And that is why he was born. That is why we are so singing so beautifully to point to Jesus. So what do we do? How can you and me escape? From the consequences of sin and death. And again, this gift of God. My brothers and sisters, Jesus. He became the interface between a broken world and a perfect God. John 14 verse 6. He is the only way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to the Father except through Jesus Christ, our Lord. My brothers and sisters, that is why the greatest gift in this season is Jesus. Please don't withhold that gift. Wherever you are going, I know many people are going to the villages, some are going to different places. Carry your gift, the gift of life, eternal life in Christ Jesus. Let it be the primary gift you give to your relative, your friend. Whoever you interact with. I know that this is a season we receive so many gifts. But let me put it this way. Christ Jesus is the greatest gift you can ever receive. John 3.16 For God so loved the world. What did he do? He gave us the greatest gift that we could ever receive. But secondly, my brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is the greatest gift so you can pass on to another. Why? Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I like Paul saying, why? The gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of salvation. The power to breathe life to that relative brother, sister. You are saying, ah, that one we have written off. Go and speak Jesus and introduce Jesus. He is the greatest gift. My last point, my brothers and sisters, is this. How do you unveil the message of salvation to anyone? God's plan of salvation. Very clear. You must hear the word. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. For faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hear the word of God. Believe. John chapter 8, verse 24. Repent. Luke chapter 13, verse 3. Confess with your own mouth. Confess with your own mouth. Don't be afraid to come in front here and say, me, I'm confessing. In 1989, in November, Gweru, I went there visiting Zaruzai. She was a teacher in Gweru. I'm just going to see my girlfriend. Little did I know that I had a destiny with the Lord. On that night in Gweru, when the word was preached, I said, no, no, this is not for me. But the word was penetrating, and something convicted me. And before I knew it, I went running to the front. 
I didn't care who was looking. I just needed life. And this pastor, Pastor Bezel O'Connor Jones, led me to the Lord. And from that time, I said, thank you. This was the greatest gift I received in 1989. Confess with your mouth. And I did confess with my mouth. I need Jesus. And of course, demonstrated by being baptized. And that is why in this way, we've got a baptism class. Demonstrate your faith in Jesus by being baptized. And remain faithful. Remain faithful till he comes. What's, how sad it is to see people walking. And then along down the road, wasn't that, ah, no, he has departed or she has departed from the faith. God forbid. We, my brothers and sisters, in this season, let us go out there and offer the greatest gift that anyone can receive. But remember, the gift is not coming from you. It's from God. You are simply a vessel to your brother, to your sister. Now, when I go to the village, particularly the, my own village, I've been saying, because there's a lot of nonsense also happening to my, in my village. And I don't keep quiet. I keep talking and talking. Now they say, when they see us coming, oh, that pastor, hey, hey, let it be called. Call me whatever it is. I'll keep preaching. Because that is the greatest gift that anyone can be given in this season. And then people say, okay, you've preached to me. Can I have a proper gift. I said, no, this is the proper gift. <laughs> that is the gift. My brothers and sisters, the reason for Christmas is Jesus Christ. He is the reason for the season. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you in the name of Jesus that even as we will disperse to go to our various places of residence, and I know that in the coming days, there are visitations to and fro. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we may never forget the reason for the season. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you help us. Help us, almighty God, to have a crystal clear view of the reason for this season. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, we have prayed. Amen and amen.